Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Let's Open the Bible. It's Russ and Gavin. After we have gotten our Engelbert Humperdinck fix in for the day, I spared you from having to you listen to Gavin sing. Yes, it was amazing. After the loving, Russ was dancing. It was awful. <laughs> in every sense of the meaning of the word awful, it was awful. All right, audience, I want you to go and I want you to listen to that song. And I want you to tell me that it was not a highlight of your day. It is. Absolutely. Well, the that's song, why I'm so. How are you doing today? I'm not as well as I was and before I, you started I, I, singing. I'm, I've got a little hitch in my giddy up now. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. I'm you, not you good. Got I'm a well. Pep in your step. <laughs> well, I tell you what, there, Skippy. Uh, I am going to pray for you. And then ask you to read verses 6 and 7 of Romans chapter 12. All right. You with me? Do you know what we're doing? Uh, I'll figure it out. Okay. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for the uh, gift of laughter. Uh, Father, it is good to laugh. And um, Father, we just praise your holy name. Uh, You bless us uh, abundantly above and beyond anything we could hope or dream of. Lord, thank you for Jesus and his shed blood and for the opportunity uh, to just glorify you. And uh, Lord, we thank you for your mercies. We do not deserve your love, your grace, your forgiveness, your mercies, any of those things. And yet, here we are thanking you for those things and asking for more of them. And so, Father, just guide us and direct us in all truth. Your word is truth. Father, we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Romans 12, 6, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in serving the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Very good. So these gifts differ between us. We've talked about that. That's not new. Yeah, I think uh, let, let's just talk about the different. You, you know, it, it's it, the emphasis here that that we haven't discussed is having gifts that differ according to the grace given us. Um, we I don't know that we've touched on jealousy, church jealousy. We have not. Touched. Okay, what do you think? Tell me what you mean by that. Other people looking at, you know, well, Russ is just up in front of everybody all the time, and he just is speaking all the time. Or, um, you know, I, I, I don't know why I can't, um, I can't be a teacher in this church. Gotcha. Or, I mean, I mean, I mean, or, you know, so and so is is serving all the time because they have energy that I don't have because I have this infirmity, ailment, something like that. Or what about other people that have been given those gifts but feel the weight of the responsibility of those gifts and actually envy somebody that doesn't have to be uh, serving in that way? Or why are those people always asked to sing and I'm not asked to sing? Sure. Wait. Or why is... I was asked to sing. No, no, you you definitely were not. You said, would you sing, give a a few bars of that... Spared the audience from that. That tight jam is what you... Or the pastor that says... Why is that church growing and not us? Right. Why have I been called to a small church rather than a big church? Or why have I been called to this responsibility of a big church rather than a small church? Or why can't I get paid more? Or why, you know, why do they expect so much? Or yeah, 
that discontentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Seems like I read that somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Paul said that. But um, so how would you address that? Well, I think Proverbs four twenty three tells us that out of the you know we have to guard our hearts for out of our hearts flow the issues of life okay. and jealousy is certainly that. It's a problem. It's it's a heart issue. Envy, rivalry, deceit. Yeah, it, all it's, those. Things, it's an yeah. issue that says that God's provisions for us is insufficient. We want what we don't have. Right, and we did we when we went through the Ten Commandments, we talked a little on that those things. Yeah, yeah. jealousy is is covetousness it's it's definitely a cousin to covetousness if it's not hand in hand certainly wanting what what is not provided by god wanting what is not yours wanting what somebody else has absolutely and what's interesting about that whole line of thinking wanting what we don't have it's so uh exemplified not that it's sinful for women that have straight hair to want curly or curly to have straight but it does it is an analogy of those things you know everybody wants what they don't have if you have curly hair, you want it straight. It's never whatever you have is just not good enough. Hmm. Do you ever find that in your preaching? Whatever I preach is not good enough. I mean, what, what you're you're gifted, what, what how you're gifted is not good enough. You want you want what somebody else has. I have wondered at times, like I, I have said, I just don't understand. You know, when I maybe maybe there's some bad doctrine in churches is just not. And they're growing. Yeah, and they're growing. And, they're, and they even sometimes get your mem- you know, former yeah. members. Yeah. yeah, And we'll all be in heaven worshiping and stuff like that. But it, that that is one of the great disappointments I've had. Um, I, I love, we're, we're one family, we're one body, we're all going to worship and serve Christ together for all eternity. But there are some churches that have really bad doctrine. And and, and every once in a while I go, why would they go there? Yeah. Why would they go there? But but still, that, that maybe that's jealousy or maybe that's shepherding. And I hope that it's shepherding, wanting to preserve the flock from bad teaching. It depends on the heart behind sure, it. Sure, absolutely. But but I'll tell you this. So organization in my preaching, in my life, and in, in my cleaning, and everything else, organization is a problem. And uh, there are times I sit back at, you know, so I, I could say somebody like Andy Davis of First, First Baptist Church of Durham, you know, to give a, give a name to the organized mind that he has, 40 books of the Bible memorized, and when he preaches, it's A, B, C, um, a beautiful cadence of logic, reason, understanding, word, spirit. So if someone goes, well, that just sounds like math. No, it is just all of those mixed up. I, I really appreciate his teaching. So I can go, oh, I wish I were organized like that. But I don't even have to go that far. There's a you know deacon and 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 pastor you know in in our church in in the congregation at North Lexington that are just so methodical and and I and. I lose people with the way that I think and hop all around. So yeah, there are times I'm envious and I have to be reminded, God called you to this position and placed you here. Use the gifts that you have. And there's no excuse to be lazy or to be you know to be accepting of my confusing approach to life and to preaching. There I don't have to accept it, but but to trust that God has gifted me According to his mercies. Yeah, actually, when I came here, I followed a pastor that had been here for a number of years, almost almost two decades, who followed a pastor that had been here for almost two decades. And so the, the joke was, you know, I have to be here for almost two decades. But one of the families, um, because, you know, usually whenever there's a transition in a church, some people leave and some people come. Um, and so one of the families that left <clears throat> which I, you know, I, I really hate that they left. I hope they're involved in another church. But, you know, the father just told me, 
pretty much straight up, you're you're just you're not Chuck. And so I realized wow. pretty quickly that I had to be okay not being Chuck. God didn't call me to be Chuck. He called me to be Russ. And that's all I have to offer because I can't be someone else. Is that enough? It has to be. So for me, it's not. For me, it's not. But but then you go to who's sufficient for these things. Wait a minute. So for you, it's not enough to be Russ? No, it would be enough for me to be I, Russ. If I, I, I could feel, just be I, Russ, I, feel I, I would have arrived. No, it, I mean, if I could just be Russ, I aspire to be Russ. No, no, all joking aside, it's it. who's adequate for these things? Paul says that. Right. We're earthen vessels. You know, I, I mean, I'm not adequate for that glorious gospel, but I wasn't called to be. I'm called to be a waiter that just delivers the food, right? Yeah. I, I'm not going to do it perfectly or well, but I, I think God is glory. I mean, that's what First Corinthians chapter two says. Paul says, "Man, I didn't come to you in lofty words of wisdom and eloquence. I came in fear and trembling, so that it would be clear the power rests with God and not with man." Right. So I know that I'm not adequate, but that's not a bad thing. I mean, you look at the you read scripture, and we like to think of Moses as this perfectly glorious and good leader. He was a mess. David, mess. Solomon. Mess, Samson, mess. It's it's a roadmap of messy people that are used by a great God to do amazing things. Yeah, to bring honor and glory to His name. All right, and they use their gifts in proportion, and it it provokes humility. I mean, Paul repeatedly says so that man won't boast. I mean, we have nothing to boast in. Yeah. That's why salvation is by grace and not works. Right, but also why God calls not... You know, when I, there's another interesting thing. When I first came, people were giving me their kind of resume. I'm a, I'm a smart guy. I, I literally had people say those things. Don't know why. It's an odd thing to say to somebody. I'm, I'm smart. All right, okay. And often they weren't. I mean, not, not by worldly standards, and I'm not. Not by worldly standards. It's a beautiful thing, though, to go, God uses even you. It gives excitement to what you do. God show off through me, even yes, even me. Yeah, and you got to watch because sometimes you're like show off God, but you still want to take that credit. Could you build the church a little so I could boast a little? No, sneaky. It yeah, just, that man, pride is so sneaky. sneaky. Yeah. Yep. All right. Um, where do you want to go? So uh, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. I think I think it's important. To, I mean, like you said, mercy and grace are just emphasized over and over in this this idea of God using us, God calling us, God allowing us access to to before Him to offer ourselves as a sacrifice, which is for our good and for His glory, and that's His will, which is good and acceptable and perfect. And so, uh, grace is here again emphasized in prophecy. What do you want to say about that? Well, it's interesting that he says in proportion to our faith. So we're to use our gifts in proportion to our faith. Earlier, we talked about how um, the measure of faith that God has assigned. So the faith itself is a gift of God's grace. And we don't all have the same measure of faith, just like we don't all have the same gifts but whatever gifts we have, we are to use in proportion to the measure of faith that God has blessed us with. I just think that's very interesting. Right, but but then you go to James three one, and not many of us have you know are, are called and qualified to teach. And and we were talking about jealousy. Well, you have to set some people down and say, listen, you're not ready to teach right now. 
you may never be ready or you may you may have already disqualified yourself or many other things but but God gives measures of faith. God gives understanding sometimes to the simple, sure, but but understanding. And there are people that ought not to teach. They're held to a higher standard, and you ought you don't want to be held to that standard. You're not ready, you know, as a pastor to lovingly walk through that with somebody. But but if you have that, here's the here's the difference. Some of you ought need to be told you you shouldn't teach, but others of us need to be provoked. Don't bury that talent. You've right. been given a measure of faith. You've been given certain gifts. And you're not using them. I don't care if that's to prophesy musically. I don't care if that's to speak publicly. I don't know that if you've been given the gift of of, of generosity or or whatever, you're not using it. And so some of us need to be provoked to use those gifts and not bury those talents, right? So I think that's a good standard of, okay, here's the level of grace that you've been given. And I'm not the arbiter of what that level is. I'm not the one that has it all figured out. Oh, you've been given a five in generosity. Here's how much you should give. No, 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 no. But there is a sense at which some people ought not to be doing the things that they they want to do. And other people are, are, are burying their gifts and talents. And we need to press to the edge of what we've been gifted with. So here's a question for you. Sure. Uh, what is a gift that you feel like uh, you don't have an uh, an abundance of an area uh, or administration and uh, organization depends on how you define it spiritual gifts and gifts and all those other things i don't believe that the the lists of spiritual gifts are exhaustive nor do i believe that they were that, that they're to be like absolute these are the gifts there were just it's, too many letters right. sent to too many different places with too yep. many different variables i just think it's saying like listen god gives you things to be used for his glory everyone has a manifestation of the spirit of god working in them spiritual uh, work use it so uh, what do I'm not gifted at? I'm not gifted with with any type of administration organization. Um, I'm, I'm not gifted particularly, and this is sad. This is a shameful thing to admit with mercy. Um, as, as a pastor, you are a shepherd. There should be just an overabundance. I have spiritual mercy. Like I have spiritual, like wanting to see people grow and to fall in love with Jesus. But as far as, you know, I'll give you a sad example. I don't know why I'm admitting this, but here's a sad example. When somebody calls up and says, hey, our heat is out. My first response is I spent a winter sleeping in a place with absolutely no heat whatsoever in Pennsylvania. It's, it's is that very your doable. way of saying suck it up, buttercup? It, it is, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's very doable. It's very doable, and uh, and not that the not that my heart shouldn't be generous and wanting to give, and I and I hope that for the most part I do. But as far as like, can you believe? Yeah, I can. You don't know that there, there was a time when people didn't have central air. Did you have you ever heard about those people, people like that that didn't have central air, didn't have heat like that? I'm certainly certainly fire, but so and and you're right. I, I love how you're just not going to indulge me because every one of us as Christians should have a heart of generosity and mercy. But those are things I struggle with. Mine's love. I mean, it's a, one among many, but one of them is love. I was going to say you didn't like the Engelbert Humperdinck song, and that's pro- that was. I mean, that's right there a red flag for me. You know, it's not too late. We're not too far into this podcast for me to delete it, right? <laughs> delete it. Yeah, but, that means but, you have uh, to spend 15 more minutes with me. There's not a chance in the world you're deleting it. <laughs> I, I just, you know, it, when on Sunday night when I went through some of the some of the gifts, I, and I did a little research. J.D. Greer says that there's between in the New Testament letters, there's roughly about 22 gifts. Almost no list is exactly the same, but none of them are exhaustive. 
Um, but but love is the command, you know. Oh yeah. Jesus said, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself." And it 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 bothers me that I'm not any more loving uh, sometimes than I am. And uh, I don't know. It's it's weird. It, sometimes I, I I like Lord, why why in the world did you call me? You know. But I also I think we have to with clarity with thinking soberly. We have to recognize that while there are deficiencies in our gifts, there's also strengths in other areas. Right, and and we're not. I think those deficiencies are a command and a call not to walk alone. That's the point of this that we're talking right. about right now. Yeah, get in a body that'll help compensate, but also challenge you in those areas. Yeah. Get around people that embarrass you over your weaknesses, and I don't mean by the fact that they're like, I can't believe Russ doesn't do this. I mean people that do it so well that you're like, wow. And not envious, but just motivated to say, "Okay, God, teach me to love like that man. Teach me, you know, to be to be organized. How help how helpful it would be to be organized like a as I said before, Andy Davis. And I don't want to I don't want to venerate a man. You've but, got a statue of him in yeah, your office. Yeah, no, not at all. Torn it down, thrown it in the Nile. All right, where are we going to go? Prophecy. Yeah. Okay. So foretelling. Foretelling. Yeah. And I don't think that's what it means here. So I, I know that there are continuationists that would say, no, that's exactly what it means here. You need to be speaking God's word uh, about future events. I don't think that's what it means. I think that it means that this is uh, an ordinary proclamation of the word once and for all given. Um, I think it is. I think it's preaching and proclaiming God's go- glorious gospel that is able to do good things. Isn't it a picture of, of Nehemiah when they had lost God's word and they found it and they were proclaiming it and the people were weeping, you know, and all they were doing was reading God's word and explaining it. Right. Prophecy. Well, it hit, it, sure. It, it hit them of their sin. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, it was a day of rejoicing. And we talked about that before in an episode. The joy of the Lord is, is our strength. Mm-hmm. Right, um, all right. So, Service. but but but, do you ever? What are your concerns about forthtelling? Do you have any concerns? Nothing that comes to mind immediately. So well, I um, guess you do. Well, no, I, I I'm listening to to people that that talk regularly about forthtelling, and I, there's a podcast called Remnant Remnant Radio or something like that, where you know guys just talk about forthtelling. They seem to be very thoughtful about it, and then you know my. Question always the the where I ultimately fall because they'll say they get it wrong they'll say people have gotten it wrong and it's not perfect and here's why it's not perfect and here's how the New Testament allows for imperfection but if you're going to say that you are a prophet that you are proclaiming God's word thus saith the Lord and they have reasons why that they say no some of you people that are cessationists say if you you know if if somebody says god told me and you write it down that's new scripture and they go not at all even in scripture that doesn't hold water but my question still remains if you say god said it and it doesn't happen is god a liar well no 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 i got it wrong okay what's the difference between when you get it right and when you get it wrong and no one can answer that no one can answer getting it wrong here's here's when I get it wrong, I know it's not really God. I'm just winging it. When I get it right, it's always they don't say that. Sometimes I get it wrong. Sometimes I get it right. So wait, how do you know when it's God and when it's you? And you're going to tell me every time God told me. Please stop that. Yeah. Please stop that. It gives me cause to doubt God. 
Absolutely. Which, which, it's, oh, it's problematic on so many levels. Right. So, so I want to be clear. I think this is, if, if you have the ability, the call, the gifting to preach and proclaim God's word, and what's the number one qualification for being an overseer, if you desire the office of an overseer, if you want to be an overseer, that, so no one's dragging you, kicking and screaming. So you're not, uh, Peter reminds us that this is not a, an office that you take under compulsion. You're not compelled to be here, although Paul felt he was by God. But it's not that that the world or the the church is demanding that you be there, but that you're called by God to be there. If you're if you have those qualifications and giftings, preach, proclaim. Yeah, you know when I was uh, going through the the process of wrestling with a call to ministry, you know the the statement that I kept being told was, if you can do anything else, do it. Yeah, I, I think that's wise. I, th- I think I told you I'm a reformed nihilist, that everything was vanities, vanities, all is vanities except for the ministry. That was it. And even in those times when ministry was hard and you say, okay, is this what I'm called to do? If, you know, again, with, with my pride coming up, I'm failing everybody. And, and there are difficulties that happen in the ministry and in marriage and in raising a family because specifically because you are a pastor. And maybe I need to get out. Everything was meaningless. Even when I said, you know, my wife and I would have these conversations you know, do you want me to get out of the ministry? And I'll do it, but it's, everything's meaningless. And she always said, no, you know, it was, we, we're in it. We, we want to make much of Jesus, but, um, everything is meaningless apart from that. I think that's good advice. If you can just go and, you know, work in a law office or be president or a doctor, go do it. But if, if nothing else has meaning for you and you, and you must be about the business of prophesying, proclaiming God's word, use that gift. You know, the interesting thing about using, um, the gifts, we're talking about preaching. You and I are here are just now talking about preaching. But what I have found is, is the more I use my gifts, the more I want to. And the less I want to do, the less anything else holds any real interest to me. Um, so, you know, I, you, you know, I've been, I was once in the car business and I was in the car business for 25 years and I never considered myself to be uh, a very good person, a salesperson in the car business necessarily. But I mean, I guess I was okay. I, I lasted 25 years, um, but did well in terms of, you know, financial, um, uh, and all of that, and and it took me a little while to figure out that that was still a ministry, but it didn't take me long uh, when I quote unquote retired or whatever terminology you want to use there, left the business uh, and became full time vocational pastor. Uh, I remember going back and, and having a conversation with my guys, and I really just wanted to stay in touch with them. But they were they were thinking I was coming back, like I had gotten a taste and it wasn't for me, and I was coming back. And I'm like, no, I mean, the, the more I do it, the more I want to do it, the more it's like it has lit a fire in me. Yeah, so I, I would say, generally speaking, I get less attracted to any other vocation. Yeah. So overall, I'm less attracted, but I go through cycles of joy and and obligation in the ministry. Well, that's the tension, okay. though, because it's okay. not always easy. It's not always fun. I don't always enjoy it. Uh, you know, it's spiritually, it's taxing. You yep. know, where there's a weight. Yes. Is absolutely, it will just it will it just strips you bare in a lot of ways. I mean, there are some days you and I know I get up and it's it's like we're just like almost 
just lifeless. If you're not really careful, you'll be a hypocrite from the pulpit as well. Yeah. I mean, I, this is not a, a, a woe is me time. I am not a victim. I've said that. We, we are not victims. We're children mm-hmm. of the living God. Yeah. We are not victims. But the reality of the ministry is that there, it's, a, it's a never-ending battle. And one of them for me is against you know standing up in the pulpit. And, and I, not that I preach hypocrisy, but if you're not careful, you'll. it's almost this, this division of what you as the pastor and you as the person. And suddenly you, you don't recognize... You kind of lose your identity. You, you, well, it really just becomes a job, not of a calling, not right, a vocation. Right, yeah, and, yeah. And, and so, and, and then the real you is battling the same things you're preaching against, but it's almost, for me, it was almost disjointed. And so I was like, no, from the pulpit, I'm going to say, listen, these are, we're in this battle together. We're yeah, I'm struggling the with yeah, this. Yeah. We're, we're, we're pressing each other on. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not speaking ex cathedra and, and, uh, you know, without struggles from the pulpit, I, I am, I, I am, I'm redeemed and I am pressing on. I have not arrived. I'm pressing on like the rest of us, let's provoke one another. And I think part of my burden is, is for those brothers who, um, you know, we're living in a time, time of the, the great resignation. Oh, yeah. You know, and in some of these, while probably not all of them, but probably some of them, uh, just had a clear and, and definite calling and just the grind just became more than they could bear. And I'm certain that some of these brothers are dealing with profound grief. Maybe I, I don't I don't know how I, I don't know that it's necessarily profitable to speculate on who was you know genuinely called or maybe just saying in broad yeah in, just broad, in broad categories broad terms that that uh, some of them surely were. But I think all you have to do is is read through Scripture. You know Moses clearly was called to lead God's people out of Egypt. Clear, I mean, I, written down, I have called you audibly from a burning bush, yeah. called you. Yeah. And he constantly wavered. He had his brother and sister, you know, jealous of his ministry that he spoke directly to God. He had elders that, um, he, he just, he clear, he was struggling with people that were rebellious. He was struggling with his own heart that would get angry with people that were rebelling and striking the rock or whatever that whole scenario played out. Yeah, and that's a person that, heard an audible voice of God calling him, much less somebody that, you know, has been in the word and feeling moved and compelled by God to go do it, uh, to go into the ministry. We will all have our struggles and face our doubts and, and some will fall, fail or quit. But we're to use these gifts in proportion to our faith. Mm, Amen. Do you, do you wonder if those that have fallen and failed went above and beyond the proportion of faith that they had? I mean, just a thought. I don't even know that it's worth digging into. It's just a thought. Yeah, that's okay. an interesting thing to consider. Okay. So he uses, uh, you know, he talks about prophecy, he talks about service. Service, diaconia, yeah. deacon, right? So it's it's the 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 uh, the idea there is absolutely just service. Teaching, didasco. Okay. Exhortation, parakaleo. So, have you ever seen somebody that enjoys serving, and you and you'll notice them at every event? They just are serving and and seem to thrive and yeah. gain energy from it. Yeah, I love we, watching we, that. We have a, a our largest group in this church is the social committee. Is that the biker gang that you have here? Yeah, they they it's yeah <laughs> the social committee. Yeah, yeah the social committee. They're servants. I love it, and they love it. They they do love it. They seem to. Yeah. Okay. 
I, I, and again, there are people that serve out of obligation. There are, there are people that serve because nobody else will do it. But there are people that are gifted, spiritually gifted yeah. at serving. Well, I think a big part of it, for from what I can tell, just from the outside looking in, I don't know their hearts, but a big part, a big component of what drives them in this is the fellowship, not only that they share with those that they're serving, but the fellowship among that group. Right, and hopefully they're united around a common gift. But there are people that serve. Again, that would be an uh, an external motivation that may not necessarily be part of the gifting, right? So there are people that, that serve, and they don't really like the service. But it was like me running cross-country in high school. I hated every minute of the running. Hated every single minute of the running. I wasn't called to be a runner. Didn't want to be a runner. If I called, I mean, like, it wasn't a passion of my life that I enjoyed. It was not none of that. I ended up kind of stumbling into it when I, my sister was a manager on the team. Stumbled into cross-country. Didn't enjoy it at all. Did it. Fell in love with the people on the team. Just enjoyed their friendship and 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 enjoyed spending time with them. We we would you know run together all week, and then on the weekends we would get together and just hang out. Just a great group of of uh, wonderful people, and we became sort of a, of a family within the school. Uh, that's different than feeling where you enjoy the service. So I'm sure that some of them enjoyed the service. In fact, maybe they all enjoy the service and their friendship flows from a common gifting, which is really cool. I like that a lot. But there are also maybe just some there that don't really like serving, but they like hanging out. What you just described with the running, but enjoying the people, that was me in the car business. I never liked the car business, but I was always blessed to work around people that I really loved. So what drove you in the car business? The Mazda. (laughs) (laughs) Only, I guess, then it would have been a Chevrolet. Yeah. You didn't drive a Mazda into a Chevy dealer? No. All right. All right. They wouldn't allow me to park there. I hear you. If service, serving, if teaching, teaching, if exhortation, exhort, one contributes in generosity, one who leads with zeal, one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. All right, one last point, and it's not important, and then we want to close with a spiritual thought. But I did have one lady in the church say that her spiritual gifting was extortion. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't mean it to be that way and didn't understand it. And I was like, so my first thought was, I wanted to hold in that laughter, like fight back. She's currently doing uh, 10 to 20. It's San Quentin. (laughs) Yeah, hard time. But... uh, (laughs) But extortion. And I just thought, well, we may need that later. We'll see how our finances go. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, get fi- back to me yeah, on that. Yeah. We we may need that gifting a little later. <laughs> I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to interrupt your calling, your your uh, gifting. Use that for the common good. All right. Oh, woe so, is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Um let's let's end maybe on a more spiritual note. Um uh I love I love that some people are gifted in generosity and those are the gi- that give with a cheerful heart um, and uh, acts of mercy with cheerfulness. We, we're to do everything with joy. These things are to be done as an overflow of of uh, God working in our lives, and His gifts should be manifest in them. You should see love and joy and peace, all of the the, the gifts. You should see them expressed as we do these things. Yeah, Amen. Right. Amen. Well, Gavin, thank you for today, and thank you for this week. Listener, thank you for the ride, and we look forward to catching up with you next week in next week's podcast episodes. As you come upon this weekend, uh, please, and I haven't said this lately, but please find a house of worship uh, that uh, just praises God, uh, lift up your prayers, sing your praises, 
and sit under the teaching of uh, sound doctrine. And until we see you next week, God bless. <laughs>